Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Welcome in. Monday edition of the program and a lot to get to coming out of the weekend. We're going to start this segment here in just a few moments with a lot of local focus because uh, Providence wins their first state championship ever in boys basketball. They took the 2A state title game by storm midday on Saturday. Just an awesome performance by the players and coaches, and we're going to celebrate that coming up here in just a few moments. But yes, the IU women eliminated after a really good season and a good run in the NCAA tournament on Saturday afternoon. And just before we came on today, I guess last week when Parker Stewart announced that he was leaving Indiana, uh, he did not say yay or nay at that point to the transfer portal? Would he enter and play somewhere else? Would he try to play professionally maybe overseas? But I did see just before we came on today, right around 11 o'clock, his name did hit the NCAA transfer portal. So it does look like Parker will look to play somewhere else next year uh, in college basketball. Plenty to get to today. Let's take a look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Segment one coming up here in moments. Providence State Championship coach Ryan Miller will join the program and tell us all about that special day on Saturday. Great game plan, great execution. We'll talk about it here in just a moment. And then later in this opening segment, Casey Kalen, who had another big day during the postseason for Providence, is going to join us from a player perspective to talk about the uh, big win on Saturday. And so we'll celebrate Providence. And I've got some other things to add uh, in this opening segment as well about the Pioneers. Then later in the show, we'll get into normal business for a Monday program. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star will join. We'll uh, get on the latest with IU basketball when he joins the show. Also coming up a little bit later in the hour, Chad Gilbert will be my guest. Chad's the AD at Charlestown, former coach in the area, also on the IHSA executive board. And Chad was in Indianapolis for the state championship games over the weekend. There's lots to talk about there. In addition to Providence winning, there was a tremendous 1A double overtime game uh, on Saturday where North Davies beat Lafayette Central Catholic. Also, a bit of a mild surprise, I thought, in the 3A game with Beach Grove beating Mishawaka Marion and then Cathedral didn't just beat but hammered previously undefeated Chesterton in the 4A game. So I know we don't really claim Cathedral and Beach Grove as Southern Indiana basketball schools, but 
technically the southern schools coming out of the south side of the bracket in each class were 4-0 on the day. So a good day for Southern Indiana basketball on Saturday at the IHSA State Finals. We'll talk about that and more with Chad when he joins us a little bit later in the hour today. That's the show lineup, a service of Honeybake Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honeybake Tam in New Albany. Also, the Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. You can download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. And let's get right to it. Our first guest, Ryan Miller. Coach, congratulations on the state championship. You guys have made the Providence community and really all of Southern Indiana very, very proud. Hey, thanks, Matt. It's been uh, quite the run. We're, we're just so excited. And uh, as you said, yeah, it's, it's been fun for obviously not just uh, our boys, our, our team, our program, but our whole community. It's been a, been a great ride. Coach, I've thought a lot about it since the the buzzer went off on on Saturday afternoon. There were some big shots. There were good performances. You guys obviously had a great game plan. But I think the most impressive thing to me was how you guys came out at the very onset of that game and showed that you were there not just to participate in a state championship and hope to give yourself a chance to win. You guys came out and made a statement against a very, very good player and a very, very good team that I thought helped set the tone for the rest of the way. Yeah, Matt, um, that was certainly at the top of our of our list in terms of uh, keys for the game. You know, that was a major priority was coming out with the mentality of really for the whole week. Like, hey, you know, we are, you know, as we said, you know, we're so grateful for each of these opportunities, every step of the way, you know, it's, it's hard to get a sectional. It's even harder to get a regional and, and, you know, semi state, you almost don't even uh, dare think about, about that till you're there. Right. And then, and then state uh, obviously as well. So you're just, you're grateful for every step of the way, but you know, we talked about how do we show that gratitude is, is coming out and, and giving your, your, your best effort and playing to win, you know, not, not, showing up to, to, to be there, but showing up to win because you don't know when these opportunities will present themselves again. So, so our guys were, I'm just so proud of them that, you know, it's one thing to talk about it and it's a whole nother thing to do it. And our guys came out and, and did it. So just so uh, proud of them for, as we talked about going out there and playing aggressively and playing courageously and, and, you know, stepping up to the moment. And the boys sure did. Ryan Miller with us talking about the Providence 2A state championship. I thought Casey Kalen was the best player on the floor in Saturday's game. Yes, Connor Asijan is going to be a great player at Wisconsin. Uh, I thought your defense helped slow him down a bit. He did still have 18 points. But Kalen uh, was there when you needed him most and had a game-high 21 points. Oh yeah, you know, um we have several players, you know, on this team capable of stepping up and and they have, you know, throughout the course of the season and certainly during this postseason run. Um Casey's that guy you just kind of knew he was going to have to be big and and make plays. You know, I mean that's 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 what you need in uh 
these big time games is is you need your your top players stepping up and you know he's also one of those guys he he never shies away from the moment you know uh big moment big stage he's ready to step up and and get it done and um you know as i said some of our guys that have to remind them to be aggressive uh he he's not one of them um he's he's ready he's ready to attack and uh i was glad because you know he he also kind of let the game come to him. You know, he was assertive, but he wasn't forcing things. And that's what we needed. You know, it's a fine line because, you know, we talk about to our guys, hey, we want to come out and be aggressive. And and, and I'll say some, some coaches reached out, you know, uh, Coach Hoffman, of course, who's who's been there. Uh, your, your buddy, Coach Brewer, sent me a message. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, so so many coaches, Coach Brown, just other coaches, Coach Shannon, um, other coaches who have been there, and and all, heck, I'll say almost every co- coach, Nash, who's been there too, and same message. Uh, I'd say nearly every coach around here reached out, and I, I so much appreciate, um, you know, the coaches we have around here. Of, of course, Coach Sturgeon, Lafave, my my mentors and buddies reached out, but I mean everybody. So grateful for all of them. Um, but uh, you know, in particular, some of the messages were, hey. You know, from our experience, you can't. Sometimes teams are just happy to be there. You got to show up and and be ready to fight right from the start. Was the message, and that's what we shared with our team as well. But with that, you also have to go out and execute, and and you have to execute your game plan, which is one. You know, we're not a team that wants to just come down and just, you know, let it fly and shoot any shot. You know, the first decent look we get. That's not really how we want to play. So. I knew it was going to be a challenge for our boys. We're telling them on one hand, hey, we got to be really aggressive here on both ends of the floor. But at the same time, we got to make sure we're taking the right shot. And I thought and not only Casey, but our entire team did a good job of, of asserting themselves, but making sure that we did it, you know, as a team, doing it together, moving the ball and, and, finding the opportunity, the shot that we want, and when we get it, ready to to go make the play. Absolutely. Talking with Coach Miller of Providence. Coach, uh, I, I think when, when I think back, and there's still a lot of celebrations to come, and, and we've got a Night of Champions program, we're working to get scheduled with you, but uh, when I think back on this team and, and this run, uh, the most remarkable thing that I, I think I'll keep is not one individual performance or not one win over a big team or an upset or anything like that. I think it's that each and every week there were different people that stepped up and uh, and had big days. And really, you could uh, credit your top six, seven players or so in the lineup uh, that got regular time during this playoff run with along the way somewhere having one or two really big plays, big moments, big games, and even looking at the box score and just refreshing my memory from Saturday, it wasn't just Casey Kalen, even Quentin Hesse coming off the bench with double figures and some three-pointers. And I think you've you've uh, been the promoter, the chief promoter of this team concept, a true team concept, but I think that's what I'll take away from it is how good this team was together and how in different situations and different games and different environments, different players stepped up and helped get the job done. Well, yeah, Matt, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there, and that is uh, absolutely uh, my takeaway from this season as well. This this team has eight guys. You know, we really, you know, for the most part played eight guys. Of, of course, everyone on the on the roster 
um, buys into and understands the value that they bring to this team and program. And, and ultimately, that's what we're, we're, we're far more than eight, eight strong. We, we are a full team strong, you know, 12, 13, 14, our, our JV guys, uh, all of them um, truly do things for us. And not only in practice, but in games, even if you're not playing, you're doing things that are helping your team win. Um, so, so that's, that's, I think, why, you know, one of the, the big reasons we're successful but, uh, this season. But like you said, all those guys that play, all eight of them, I mean, you can point to all eight of them um, throughout the course of the season and then during this postseason run. You can point to each one of them and say, wow, this kid was, of course, each game, you know, you need somebody to do something. But, I mean, truly say this kid and this kid and this particular game, they stepped up, you know, in ways that, that exceeded what they typically do. And you could point to all eight of them having, you know, an, an instance, a game in which they did that. And and it was it was different, you know. There would be one game, uh, a kid, you know, would would have zero points or, or or two points, and then the next one, you know, he goes for double digits, and that just that just was kind of the theme of this team and of this postseason run, especially. It's just balance. You just, I mean, not none of us knew who was going to step up at any given time, but we all, coaches and players included, believed in the ability of each one of those boys. Um, you know, to step up and get it done when the team needed it. All right, Coach Ryan Miller of Providence. Coach, uh, we've got a, a, this player named Casey Kalen. You may have heard of him. He's on the line. Oh, yeah. yeah. Go to join us here in just a couple moments. So I want to get to him, and we'll continue this conversation. But as we as we let you go in transition, uh, how weird was it Saturday after the game or Sunday morning when you get up to not have to immediately turn your attention to another highfalutin opponent, big-time team with lots of talent, and try to figure out a game plan for the next week. You get in such a routine of doing that and working so hard and blocking so much other stuff in life out, uh, now it's all over with and you end as the champion. Yeah, it's it's kind of a surreal feeling. Um, as, you know, again, I spoke to some other uh, area coaches uh, just the other day, kind of a, a, about that, and uh, and 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 certainly with our coaching staff as well. <laughs> to highlight that point, I fell asleep watching. I haven't been able to watch really any of the NCAA tournament games. So yes, like all right, I'm gonna watch some games while I, I fell asleep on the couch watching it. And, and when I woke up after a, that short nap, uh, my first thought was, "Hold on, wait, I should be watching game film. Who are we preparing for?" So it, it just it just continues to, like you said, you've just been kind of in this in this, this mentality or this zone, this routine. And it is a little bit, uh, just, uh, I guess just surreal. Um, but you know, uh, again, the, the, the word that we keep using, uh, we're just so grateful that, that it, you know, that it played out this way. Cause, cause we know there are so many good teams, so many good coaches, so many good players. And, uh, you know, for our boys and for our community to get to experience this, it's just been a really special thing. Yeah, absolutely. Ryan Miller of Providence. Coach, thanks for allowing us to uh, be a small part of the ride. It was so fun, and what a way for it to end on Saturday at Gainbridge Fieldhouse in downtown Indianapolis. And we'll be talking a lot more with you and your players, your entire team coming up very soon. 
Hey, we really look forward to it. Uh, I want to say thanks to you. And also, uh, we talk so much about our, our players, our coaches, and but also, you know, real quick before you go, um, just our, the, the whole community, uh, the support they've given us has been tremendous. Um, our administration, and then most importantly, probably the, the people that we don't, I don't talk about enough, our families, you know, our, our, our wives, our, our children, our, our parents, like all those people who just support us and, and uh, have to sacrifice so much for these things to happen. So I just want to say that for a second and just how much we appreciate everyone who has been a part of this. Yeah, most definitely. Great stuff from Ryan Miller, state championship coach now at Providence. Coach, enjoy it all. We'll talk soon. Hey, thanks so much. And before we get to Casey Kalen, I've got a couple personal things I want to add in. I'll do one now and one a little bit later here in this segment. But, you know, I've been around doing this stuff for a number of years, really since I was in high school at New Albany. And to me, one of the greatest things about a state championship day in our state, whether there's a local team playing or not, is, you know, getting to to connect with uh, friends, coaches from across the state that you've gotten to know over the years, media members, fans, whoever it may be, just a great network of basketball people in our state that I have been fortunate enough to know and be in with now for many years. And, you know, when it's somebody like Jim Shannon that takes a team to the state championship who's been doing it so many years, uh, somebody like Brandon Hall. That, that was kind of a newcomer his first time around, a, a young guy, and then took him back a, a second time. Uh, you, they're, they're known. Their names are known. Their personalities are known. But uh, to see Ryan Miller do it in his third year, although he's very experienced, uh, I was just blown away after the game by the number of people that came up to me, other coaches, media people, that were so impressed with Ryan Miller. They wanted to know more. What's this guy's aspirations? What? What's? Who is this guy? Tell me more. I mean, I like what I saw. They're so disciplined, and it's a defense-first approach, and he's so well-spoken in the press conference and just things of that nature. And Ryan Miller really did, and I know he's all about the team and all about Providence. It has nothing to do with him. He'll never and ever toot his own horn, so I'm going to do it for him. But uh, on a statewide level, this run to the championship, Ryan Miller himself really turned some heads in our state by a lot of different people. And that's so neat to see because I've seen him come up and I know the work he puts in and uh, the way he goes about things. So outstanding job by Coach Miller and his staff. And congratulations to Providence on the state championship. We continue along here in this extended first segment. Casey Kalen, who had a huge game and really big tournament uh, throughout for Providence, joins us now. Casey, how does it feel to be a state champion? It feels amazing. Um, it's kind of a indescribable feeling, but uh, it's just now starting to kind of sink in, and it, it's a great feeling. All right, I got to ask: you're on the sideline. You you're introduced as a starter uh, with the lights out at Gainbridge Fieldhouse. Lots of fans there, and you know you've got a big challenge ahead against a good player in Isigen and a great team in Central Noble. Were there extra butterflies, extra nerves before this game, or were you guys kind of over it? Just you've played so many good opponents, you're ready to take on all comers. Um, I think it was more uh, excitement. Um, the atmosphere was great, but we've been in some big atmospheres like that before, so we we're um, kind of used to it. Um, we've had some people as well, like six of our guys have played in state championships, so we've been there, and we knew that uh, we just had to have some confidence in ourselves and know that. Um, if we played hard and played together, um, none of the other distractions really mattered as, uh, as long as we played together. 
we we've talked a lot about the start that Providence had, jumping out to a twenty-five nine lead at the end of the first period, and Coach Miller addressed that uh, just a few minutes ago. That mentality that you guys wanted to come out with. Can you talk about that mentality from a player's perspective? Uh, what was your thought as you took that floor on how you guys needed to start that ball game to make a statement? Yeah, we came out and we just wanted to be the aggressor. Um, We've been underdogs throughout the whole postseason, and uh, the same was true for uh, the state game. So we wanted to come out and set the tone and uh, let them know that nothing was going to be easy for them offensively. Um, we were going to be all over them, uh, pressuring, um, talking, playing harder, and that no one's going to play harder. And then uh, offensively, we just played confident, um, played uh, loose, and then we're able to hit some shots and got the crowd's uh, energy flowing and the atmosphere was great. Yeah, Casey Kalen uh, Jr. on the Providence team talking about the state championship game on Saturday. Now, you were part of the big baseball run last season as well, uh, where you guys got the opportunity to, to play and win one on Victory Field in, in downtown Indianapolis as well. How do you think that run maybe helped prepare you and helped, uh, helped you calm your nerves some for these big games? Um, I think it really helped. Um, Showing like the community support that uh, will come around and um, all the people that will like follow along, and it it just helps um, to have been there before and know that uh, everybody's supporting you and that um, uh, they, that you can do it. Honestly, that um, it's not impossible, and so we kept believing um, every day at practice. We believed, and then on the court, whenever uh, a lot of people besides our uh, Providence Faithful didn't believe in us. We believed in ourselves, and uh, we knew that we could do it. 21 points in the state championship game. You were the highest scorer from all teams. What does it mean to you? I know it's a team thing, but what does it mean to you to have such a big game on that big stage, and what do you feel specifically was working for you on Saturday? Um, it means everything. All the hard work um, I've put in, my teammates have put in together, um, for it to pay off on such a big stage is just a great feeling. And um, um, sorry, what was the rest of the question? And what what was working for you? What specific part of your game were yeah. you? Is your jumper just smooth, or did you yeah. have that extra boost of confidence? Yeah, I, definitely the confidence. Um, after I got that first layup to fall, it was kind of a tough um, off balance shot. I knew it was going to be a good day. And then um, my teammates did a great job finding me on a couple of early possessions. Um, Grant Williams had a found me on a good back cut. Um, Kay found me on a shot for an open three. And then um, overall, just they did a great job uh, getting me the ball. We were sharing the ball well. And, uh, yeah, I got that good feeling going on and uh, was able to see the ball go through the hoop a couple times and uh, do what I could to help the team uh, on Saturday. Great stuff for Casey Kalen. Casey, what, what has it been like since the, since the buzzer went off? I know there was a big celebration at Providence as you guys came back in town. I know lots of time to reflect on this big moment for you, the team, and the school. How crazy has it been? Uh, it's been pretty crazy. We had uh, quite the police escort um, going back into Providence, and then we had a bunch of people from all around the Providence community come in and uh, celebrate with us a little bit after on Saturday. And then just um, even yesterday, just people texting, reaching out, saying um, how uh, great of a game it was and how um, awesome our run was and how it uh, really impacted their lives. And uh, that's what uh, 
is most special to me is how um, we were able to impact the community and uh, do it for our city and uh, really bring everybody together and uh, on the special run. All right. Uh, great game on Saturday. Fun to watch you and the team over the course of this tournament come together. And I know that there will be very little time off for you because you'll be out on the baseball diamond here very soon. I wouldn't be surprised if that yeah. uh, was today or tomorrow for you. So uh, we'll see you there. And, uh, again, congratulations on a great year and a state championship. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me out. All right. Casey Kalen following Ryan Miller. What a great way to start the week and the show. And one other thing, Casey, and of course, Ryan Miller also touched on this, but it's it's not just what the state championship means to the players and the coaches and the school. And by the way, that was the eighth championship for Providence. Of course, volleyball with three. Baseball's got a handful, and now basketball and joins soccer with the boys and girls soccer, each having one. Uh, but it's what it does for the school community. The, all the fans and so many longtime ticket holders and longtime supporters, maybe they had kids go through a program, a team on Providence some years ago that didn't have that level of success. So neat to see that. One person I ran into that I think deserves a shout-out, and I've known so much of his family for so long, but strangely, I never had really met him, Charles Kraft. He kind of became the photographer for the team, and he was able to get down on the floor and be with the team on Saturday. And We bumped into each other somewhere in the back hallways of Gainbridge Fieldhouse and got a chance to say hello to each other, I think officially for the first time ever. But he was beaming with pride, and he's just the photographer for the team. And that's one of just so many examples of people that became part of this run and helped document this run and played some sort of role in this state championship run. And that's what these things do for schools. And we've had so many schools in the area have this kind of success. And I think this is why high school sports in this area is still so very important. It's why it's the big thing to do still in most cases on Friday night, because we have good teams, good coaches, and people like Charles Kraft and others that really get behind their team and do whatever they can to help support them, whether it's taking pictures or donating food or giving some money or playing in a fundraiser or golf scramble. It's just what we do here in this area, and my hope is that Providence uses this to continue their success, and other schools uh, want to get to that level as well, and it'll better, better all of our high school sports here in southern Indiana. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star will join. We'll get into some IU basketball. There's lots to talk about here in the offseason for the Hoosiers. Stay with us for that. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. Back here on this Monday program for a quick chat with Zach Osterman of the Indy Star on IU Basketball. And Zach, the big news late last week after the news of some players entering the portal and, of course, Dane Fife not returning next season was that Coach Woodson announced both uh, Coach Roseman and Coach Hunter had been elevated to associate head coaches, would receive, it appears to be, some pay raises along with those titles. 
and uh, both returning to the staff for next year. There had been some question, I think, with uh, Yasir Roseman. Maybe he would go to Louisville with Kenny Payne. Also, Brian Walsh, who previously held a support staff role uh, in the IU uh, hierarchy, he's been elevated to the third assistant coaching spot. So a big new, a big week of news last week with the portal and assistant coaching spots and carousel, but it appears the staff situation, at least those three main assistant coaches, is now set for next year. Yeah, and I think, I think you meant, truthfully, I think you covered a lot of it there. Um, you know, it, it, I'd actually heard Kenya Hunter's name for a couple of jobs that people thought might come open this cycle that didn't, but I think, you know, he, he really probably can't be that far from getting his own program and getting his own shot as a head coach. Um, you're right. You see a Roseman uh, had kind of started to float up as a name. I think there's some, I think he may have been at Oregon with Kenny Payne. And I think, I think there's, in fact, I think Kenny Payne may have been one of the people who recommended him to, to Mike Woodson. Um, and so I don't know how, you know, serious things ever were down in Louisville, but I think Indiana felt, you know, really motivated and compelled to keep him in the fold. And, uh, and then, you know, Brian Walsh was probably the, the most interesting one, just in the sense that, as you say there, he was in a support staff role. This is his first role as a full-time assistant. It's a big jump, but on the other hand, you're talking about a guy that was assistant director of operations at Dayton for two years. He was director of operations at Indiana for four years. Last year, Indiana retained him um, when, when Archie Miller was fired and moved him into the role of team and recruiting coordinator. And he was, in particular, not that he didn't have, you know, team responsibilities, but he had a ton of recruiting responsibilities. He, you know, you talk to recruits, he's often kind of the day-to-day boots-on-the-ground contact person to just check in and say, how you doing, you know, uh, so, you know, our coach wants to call you this time or when would be a good time to come visit, well, you know, whatever those – just the, the, the sort of stuff that keeps the lines of communication open. You know, I, I don't know how much more experience he could have gotten – in, in non-assistant coaching roles realistically that would have prepared him any more than he already is for this. And it, it gives you the continuity of a guy who has relationships with the current team, a guy who's got a ton of recruiting relationships in the area. He's been an important figure in Indiana's recruitment of, you know, everyone from, you know, Gabe Cups to, um, you know, to, to Ja'Kai Newton, CJ Gunn. I mean, like, and it, it's not like he's the main recruiter, obviously assistants and head coach are involved, but just one of those guys that, that just kept Indiana constantly in it and in it and in it, building those relationships and that comfort. I think it's an obvious move to retain that staff continuity. All right. Uh, Zach Osterman, the Indy star, my guest, Zach, uh, after the discussion on the coaches, let's get to the to players in the roster. Uh, four players have entered the transfer portal to date. Uh, do you think that could be it, or could more decisions trickle out as we uh, find out more uh, uh, results of postseason discussions and meetings between player personnel and coaches? I mean, you never say never. Um, I, I do think that kind of everybody that's gone so far – with, I guess, the possible exception of Rob Tennessee, who still probably shouldn't be too surprising given that he's a senior. Um, you know, everybody has gone so far, I think, broadly speaking, was was not unexpected. It was kind of not a surprise. Um, I think if, you know, it, 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 maybe the, the next question is kind of how do things shake out on the roster if, if for example, Trace Jackson Davis returns, 
you know, does that cause somebody who has been sitting behind him to think, well, do I want to wait for another year? Do I want to go look for something else? If race Thompson returns, you know, kind of the same thing. Um, but you know, if you're Indiana, you, you now have kind of an open scholarship to play with too. So you can be thinking about, should we go get this recruit or should we dip into the portal? I think we're more at kind of the point in the year where it's just, it's, it, it, there's nothing obvious on the cards, but it's more kind of a never say never. The, you know, the, the, the wheels are kind of always turning situation, if that makes sense. And, you know, will Indiana dip into the portal for a big man? Well, maybe only if they lose one of the two big men they've already got. Will, you know, a, a player, uh, you know, you know, elect transfer, maybe only if that player finds out that their path to, to greater playing time is blocked by somebody else unexpectedly returning next year. I think that we're much more kind of in the, you know, never say never in the portal era part of the off season and really more just everyone looking around to see kind of where all, all kind of the dice land in terms of who's, who's staying that might have like professional options or might, you know, like a race Thompson might just be ready for something else in his life. Um, And then whether there are, are offshoots from that. Zach had a had an interesting question here. Um, I think a lot of IU fans have an affection to uh, Race Thompson, appreciate what he's given to the program, and he's sure shown signs of improvement. And you mentioned, you know, does he want to come back or does he want to move on with whatever's next for him? You know, Race Thompson coming back clearly would be a plus for IU uh, in the Big Ten next year. But does Race Thompson coming back potentially tie in with? Jordan Geronimo's future or ability to have more of a future at Indiana. Uh, if Race Thompson were to depart, wouldn't that give a wide open, uh, for sure, uh, opportunity for Geronimo to step in and get major minutes? I think that's maybe one of those, you know, one of those sorts of you'll have to wait and see kinds of decisions just in terms of if Race Thompson said, I want to come back for another year, well, Jordan Geronimo, you know, I know guys in his class will be thinking about themselves effectively as, as sophomores. I think he, and Anthony Leal even kind of said that earlier this year. He said, you know, a lot of us tend to think of ourselves as, you know, as, as freshmen, not sophomores because that COVID year didn't count. And, you know, for a freshman in particular, it was so disrupted. It was so unusual. Um, but, you know, the, the flip side is a player like Jordan Geronimo, that, that if, if Ray Thompson comes back and we can presumably – you know, slot him in at that four spot, then a player like Jordan Geronimo might start looking at it and saying, well, you know, that'd be three years of me playing off the bench. Am I ready for that? Or, or would I look for something else? Or, you know, he might go to Mike Woodson and say, okay, race is coming back, but if Trace isn't coming back, then can you envision starting a smaller lineup that has me and race in the front court together? And that's, that's where I say that I think we're more in kind of the, the moving pieces, moving target part of the off season and, and this is obviously, it's always kind of been there, but I think it's more crystallized and more, you know, widely accepted and recognized now because of the portal and the one-time transfer exception. Kind of this idea that there there might be, and maybe statistically we could even say there likely will be a little bit more portal activity in terms of outgoings in Indiana, but that's only going to depend on, you know, another player's decision somewhere else. It's not going to be like, for example, Christian Lander going into the portal, just recognizing I don't have a lot of opportunities here. It's time for me to, you know, to seek something 
you know, seek, seek kind of a, a new start somewhere, if that makes sense. Zach Osterman of the Indy Star, my guest. Zach, before we let you go, I want to flip to the women's team for just one moment. They had another really good season and a nice run to the Sweet 16. They were defeated by a very solid Connecticut team, basically, uh, in their home territory on Saturday afternoon. A lot of key graduates from that program that has made some big runs here the last two seasons. There, are, there, are, there is some returning talent, no no question about that, but some of the big names, some of the leaders will depart to graduation at the conclusion of this season. Can IU women's basketball continue its position and make a run uh, on a regular basis this far in the tournament? You know, I think um, that's a program that when you talk about, you know, this offseason, I'm curious to see what they do in the portal. I think they've done some good high school recruiting, but if you, if you kind of consider – you know, Terry Morin's recipe for success, it's always been, particularly once it's kind of in her program, you know, those first couple of years she had some success, but obviously that was sort of repurposing the roster she inherited. But you think about the success she's had in the transfer portal, you know, Nicole Cardano-Hillary, Brenna White, obviously Allie Patberg, there are other examples as well. I think that Indiana was kind of the classic case of a team that was probably always going to find hitting the portal difficult last year. Because with the one time, you know, in, in previous years when you knew it was likely you were going to have to sit out a year anyway, you think, well, you know, they got a good thing going there, and in a couple of years there'll be room for me to play. But with the, with the one-time exception, I think Indiana is the kind of program that, A, a lot of transfers look at and say, I don't know if I want to go there because they have this established starting five, really even to some extent sort of a, a pretty, you know, cemented top seven if I'm going to be eligible immediately, I'd like to go somewhere where that eligibility is going to do me a little bit more in terms of playing time. Um, and B also maybe, uh, you know, and, and I'm not, I don't want to put words in Terry's mouth, but a little bit also of, of kind of the way Matt Painter talked about why he didn't go into the portal this year with Purdue was he felt like not only did he have a really good balanced team, but he also had a team where the chemistry was right and the locker room was right and everybody's roles were well-defined and everybody was comfortable with one another, and he didn't want to disrupt that by bringing in new faces other than high school guys. Um, I, I would not be surprised if if the IU women's program is more portal active this year. As you said, that there's some good pieces there. Grace Berger is obviously a fantastic player. Mackenzie Holmes is an all-American-level post player. But, yeah, Allie Papberg's gone. Nicole Cardano-Hillary's gone. Alexa Goulbet's gone. Grace Wagoner's gone. You know, I mean, it, 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 there's a lot of minutes and a lot of if, if we do, you know, the, 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 uh, if we play the fun offseason game of tally up all the minutes, the shots, the points, the rebounds, the assists, there's going to be a lot missing for Indiana next year that have been there really for, what, you know, three, four years in terms of, of how Indiana's been able to come to rely on people like, Callie Patberg and Alexa Goulbay and players like that. I think that's a program that, that could stand to at least really take a, a deep dive into the portal and explore its options. Because I think if you're, if you're a, a, a really good player in the portal, and in fact, I think they already have one player committed out of the portal um, just a couple weeks from just a couple weeks ago. But if you're a really good player in the portal, you look at Indiana, they've, they've competed for big 10 titles the last three or four years. Attendance is on the upswing. They're in the Big Ten Championship game this year. They're on the back of, of back-to-back, you know, Elite Eight, Sweet 16 runs, and you could have made a really good case they would have done something similar in 2020. And you'd be walking into a team that already has Grace Berger and McKenzie Holmes. 
so there's already you know proven winners and good culture and and just really good players that you'll be playing alongside i think that's a team that could could be very active in the portal or, or at least i would be surprised if they don't really explore their options because you do have a lot to replace and you're going to need some experience you know you can bring in some young players but you want some experience too but i think the the appeal of Indiana is also very strong and there's going to be a lot of holes there for good players to come in and, and grab, you know, grab starting spots, points, shots, all those kinds of things. That's Zach Osterman with the Indianapolis star. He's with us Mondays as we talk IU basketball, Zach, thanks for the chat today. We'll do it again next Monday. Absolutely. Thanks we'll for chatting as always. We'll head to a commercial break and uh, just saw this, but uh, Boston Celtics, they're going to sign Jawan Morgan to a 10-day contract. Uh, so good for Jawan. He's figuring out how to stay somewhat alive in the NBA. He had a 10-day run on a, uh, a, I think, a health shortage deal for the Raptors uh, back in December. They were short some players and picked him up on a hardship 10-day and uh, got a little bit of action there. Maybe he'll get some more with the Celtics and see if he can – Earn his keep in the NBA. We'll head to a break. We're back with Chad Gilbert to talk more about Saturday's state finals in Indianapolis. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Monday program. Chad Gilbert, my guest. Chad, the athletic director at Charlestown High School, also IHSA executive board member, and he spent the weekend in Indianapolis working at the state finals as a rep of the Indiana High School Athletic Association. First, Chad, outstanding event. Uh, the IHSA staff just does a tremendous job, a first-class setting and facility for the state finals, and it was a good day for teams that came out of the southern half of the bracket in each of the four classes, and of course Providence, the local, getting a, an opportunity there in 2A and took big advantage of that, but not a lot of time, so I'm going to let you take us through some of your uh, views and thoughts from Saturday's big day in our state. Ooh, we got six minutes, so I got to hustle. So here's where we are, Matt. Now, Matt, let's get my introduction right first. Former coach Jeffersonville High School, not coaching here, the Jeffersonville High School. That's a, that carries some clout, so you got to make sure you can remember to add that from now on, along with IHSA member and athlete director at Charlestown High School. So make sure we have the intro down. But anyway, as we come in, this has been a long week, Matt. We, we went down Wednesday for the Hall of Fame Classic. Uh, oh, 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 Hall of Fame inductions. Uh, Hall yeah, of Fame inductions, yeah. good call, good call. You got me nervous on the clock here. But Miss Amy, Bam, Evie, and I, we had a long weekend down there. And if you don't get a chance to go to the Hall of Fame induction, you must. Chris May does an out, outstanding job. It was great to you know, see lots of friends get awards with Matt Wren from Silver Creek, one of the Silver Anniversary team, uh, Ron Grimes, the Gary Leisner officials. And you'll see friends in the Hall of Fame, Gary Duncan, who was at Southridge. And the one-class system um, got beat by the Marion Giants two years in a row. Used to be the coach at Salem. Doug Mitchell, who coached at Butler, North Central, who won state championships. Ray McCollum from Ball State. And Wayne Boltinghouse, who was at USI, Kentucky Wesleyan, and South uh, 
Spencer. You know, a lot of Southern Indiana flair to that. So it was a great time down there. And if you ever get a chance to go to the Hall of Fame, you need to go. The the, the induction was 75. It was sold out. There were 75 people waiting on the waiting list. And the Girls Hall of Fame is coming up, Matt, at the end of this month. Donna Sullivan, the old Seymour coach, does a great job of running that Hall of Fame. So if any and Southern Indiana is well represented, so if you get a chance, you need to get an opportunity to go up there and see that. Um, talking about the Providence game, you know, quick thing on it. I'm gonna start off with John Seabold's son Grant. You know, two state championships as a junior, winners win. You know, congrats to Seabold family. I know John's doing that. We love seeing our friends, kids do well, and that's something that's. Um, seeing more and more of every year so it's it, it that that was heartwarming to see that when i i told uh john in a text you know i've seen his success uh, my buddy kyle's daughter olivia had success at sacred heart uh it's those are our kids so we love seeing our kids do well so i'm, I'm happy for that one and you talk about providence matt just let me run here just a second wow what a start you know i told amy at the first tv timeout this one's over with providence plays like bellerman and villanova had a kid you know, you think about the way they play. They pass the ball. They play off two feet offensively and defensively. It's just like watching a Lou coach team. I mean, uh, in the championship game, you know, Providence was front of the post. You could see the other guy thought he had a lob on the backside. Anybody who's watched Providence play knows they bait you to throw that lob, and there was a guy right there to get the steal and go the other way. What helps Providence outside of the sectional is if you have not played them, you do not know what you're getting into. They are so physical, so fundamentally sound. You know, they put on a clinic on getting loose balls and hustle plays, Matt. Just the guys all dialed in throughout the game. You know, you look at Ryan Miller. He looked like a caged tiger over there. Just his eyes looked like a shark. He was that dialed in. Even after the game on the interview, he was that dialed in still after the game. And those kids fed off that. And, you know, you talk about the Providence staff. I know guys get on in. Providence got 11 coaches on the bench or whatever else. Each one of those coaches have a role. And if I'm one of those 11 coaches, I tell them, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. I got a state championship ring in my ear. <laughs> and, and I keep doing what I'm doing because they did an outstanding job. And congratulations to Coach Miller and the Providence Pioneers. All right, Chad Gilbert, great stuff there. We'll try to add in the Jeffersonville line. But, you know, you've got so much to say, and we don't often have a lot of time. I try to trim where I can trim, and, and you've got such a long title. So I've got to I've got I'll to send a resume. Some, you can brush up. I've got to cut something sometime. But, Chad, uh, the, the night games, I, I wanted to stick around, but I just couldn't. Uh, I know there we have a lot of Indiana fans, IU fans that obviously listen, Xavier Booker and Cathedral. Wow, they absolutely just dominated Chesterton, who uh, going into the 4A game was undefeated. And, you know, could to see Chesterton get beat by Cathedral, sure, that could happen. I think we all know Cathedral has got the horses to play with anybody, but they absolutely dominated them from the get-go, and that wasn't even a contest. Can you imagine being undefeated in the regular season in the tournament and then getting beat by, what, 30 points or so in the state championship game? Well, that just shows you how good Cathedral is. And, you know, they're battle-tested. Cathedral has not won a sectional game, Matt, in the last six years. A sectional game. What's that say about the sectional that they play in? Uh, we talk about it time and time again. Indianapolis continues to separate itself from the rest of the state, from the northern part of the state and from the southern part of the state. I think the southern part is closer uh, to Indianapolis as far as where we need to be than what the northern part is. But um, – 
Indianapolis just continues to separate itself. You know, and, that, and you talk about Coach Delaney on there, first coach to win a state championship on three different teams. Yeah, for hard sure. to do. Hey, Chad, coach, hard to do. coach Delaney will be with us tomorrow on the show, by the way. But also, we've got 10 seconds left. Give me a NCAA pick now that this blue blood Final Four is set. Villanova, Matt, they just they don't beat themselves. I mean, you got to go for Villanova. Hey, real quick shout out, Matt. I appreciate you playing through it. You were sick Friday. You went up there. You brought Southern Indiana, the broadcast home. You, you played through your injury. You, you did your announcing. You never missed a beat. Congratulations. I appreciate that. Chad Gilbert, my guest. That wraps up this Monday program. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.